but I was kind of like, well, you know, in most circumstances, there's like there's one bear that you have to deal with, and I was like, well, there's four, and it sounds like they're coming towards me, and so, <laughs> you know, me being me, um, I kept walking towards them, and I was like, well, let's see what happens. This is Ecological Adventures. I'm Rhett Barker. Ecologists go from their own backyards to the edges of the earth in pursuit of knowledge. Dealing with discomfort, sometimes dangerous animals, and unpredictable situations, they're rewarded with adventure and fascinating insights into the workings of the planet's life. Today's guest is Don Hardman Jr. Don is a carnivore biologist doing black bear research for the state of Florida. He's also doing a master's at UF studying black bear behavior. You've traveled all over the uh, U.S. researching carnivores, right? Exactly. Um, I've worked in a lot of different areas across the country. I've gotten to work in uh, California on multiple projects. Um, I've gotten to work with desert kit foxes in Southern California in the Mojave Desert, and I've gotten to work with um, Pacific fishers in the Sierra National Forest. Uh, I've been able to travel to Minnesota and work with wolves and beaver, and then I've done some raccoon work in Indiana, and now I'm here in Florida working with black bears. What's your favorite thing you've worked with? Oh man, that is really hard uh, to pin down because they've all had their they've all had their moments. I would say um, the desert kit foxes were pretty pretty interesting, only because that opportunity kind of came about on a whim. I was out consult doing consulting work in Southern California, and I um, was able to get in touch with somebody who went to uh, Texas A&M, which is my alma mater, and um, they were out there doing some uh, work for their PhD, and I ended up getting to go out and help them while I was working on another job, and so got to help with a lot of the trapping and some of the telemetry out there, so that was a pretty interesting position. Mm -hmm. um, okay, what's an unexpected experience you've had because of your work? Unexpected... Um, you know, an unexpected experience uh, was more so in the fact that when I was working in Minnesota um, on the Wolf and Beaver project, uh, when I applied for the job, it was advertised as mainly working with wolves, and then we'd be doing some beaver trapping in the fall. And so the really funny thing about that project is that... Uh, I got more excited about uh, trapping the beavers than I did the wolves, and you know we got out there and and just the whole process of um, working with them was fascinating. Um, I found I was really surprised by how strong they are. Mm -hmm. um, whenever we're working them up, you kind of get them from the trap into a uh, like a large coffee bean bag, and one person kind of um, straddles he kind of straddles them and, and sits on them a little bit um, just enough to kind of uh, keep them in between your thighs so they can't move and the other person processes the tail and the head uh, while they're in the bag and in the middle of processing them one time uh, we had a beaver that basically just arched its back and then lifted me off of it and so it was you know myself and the other technician on the project were just we were not warned about that so we were just <laughs> kind of like oh okay well I guess um I guess they are, you know, pretty strong, and, you know, in hindsight, when you think about it, they're basically walking chainsaws, so 
I guess that that should kind of be expected. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, you know, whenever I tell people, I don't think they realize it. You know, whenever you see uh, beaver, you don't really think about that amount of strength in such a small animal. But then, you know, whenever you look at um, the structure of, of their body, but especially their skull, um, you know, it's it's basically just completely wrapped around with muscle and you know you know with that in mind you're thinking about animals that like i said um you know they're cutting through logs with their teeth uh they're cutting down trees with their teeth and then there's you know in a lot of instances they're you know carrying some of or you know Mm -hmm. dragging some of those things through the woods and and you know building their dam so it's it's a a lot of power in a small animal and I, i definitely think that's something that you would never really think about when you just kind of see one in the wild. Yeah. I've never really considered that before. No. Yeah. You don't. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it was a, it came as a shock to us and our boss at the time, he didn't, uh, he didn't forewarn us about that. So, you know, we were both really taken aback and, and just kind of in awe about it. Um, and then, you know, we ended up actually catching more beaver on the project than we did wolves. So it was kind of this also this weird <laughs> This, you know, weird switch, which, you know, at the time, well, even on that project, you know, it was one of those things where you couldn't really be upset about it because it was such a cool experience to work with those animals and, and at the same time, you know, be trapping for wolves. So it was it was pretty, um, pretty cool project that's uh, fortunately still ongoing, which is great. Um, what's a bear story that you have? So a bear story I've got. Um, so we've been trapping... Um, in uh, the Apalachicola subpopulation uh, of Florida, which is in the eastern panhandle, and it's mainly anchored by the Tatesell State Forest and the Apalachicola National Forest. And we're going into our third and final year of trapping on our demographics project. And so the first first year we were in the Tatesell State Forest, and uh, we were able to capture 16 uh, female bears, and we collared all 16 of them. And one of them, F605, uh, was really interesting. Um, she ended up giving birth to three male cubs the following spring. And, you know, whenever you're working with uh, large carnivores, but especially uh, Florida black bears, uh, they're not true hibernators. So unlike bears in the northern part of the U.S., where biologists are able to go in in the winter, find their dens, dart them, and then switch out collars if they need to or collar the cubs pretty easily if they need to. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have that luxury. And so we typically plan on seeing the female maybe once. And then when we go into the dens, um, sometimes they'll kind of move off on their own um, and then, you know, just stick around the area once they come to their senses. And or other times you'll have to kind of move them off, um, make noise to get them to leave their den so you can... um, process the cubs and put a VHF collar on the cub. So if you're lucky, you get to see your study animal twice, but typically you get to see it once and that's it. And so uh, F605 um, stayed with her cubs uh, for a while. She's actually still with them. And that fall, she ended up taking off 30 miles north um, to a private piece of property. And the interesting thing about it was that it wasn't like she was just kind of meandering through the woods, you know, they have GPS collars so we can see exactly how they're moving. And this was a straight dash as if she knew exactly where she was going to this piece of property. 
and then she stayed there for a few months with her cubs and then she went southeast from that location maybe another 20 miles to another piece of private property and she stayed there for a few months now you know we don't really know for sure but our assumption is that the reason she would do that um, would be to access uh, deer feeders or something like that mm -hmm. on these private properties where they uh, distribute corn for for deer and things like that and so that's probably the the most logical reason as to why she did that and of course it's likely that um, that's something her mother may have done mm -hmm. um, and shown her when she was a cub as well and so she's kind of passed that on to her offspring and when we were going up to do our second year of cub work this past spring um, one of her cubs still had a working collar on so we knew where she was and we got some help from law enforcement and they were able to take us onto this private property where we were, I was able to track her and while tracking her I could tell I was getting pretty close based on the sound of the uh, that the collar is making and I kept walking towards her um, and because at that point I had verified that you know one she was fine and that the one cub that still had the working collar was fine but um, you know where one of the things we're looking at is um, adult female survival and cub survival and so unless you can visually verify that a cub is still alive or you still have a working collar where you can tell from the signal you can't actually classify that uh, individual as alive all you can say is you know it's it's um it's censored um mm -hmm. and so i wanted to try and see if that was possible and as i was getting closer it sounded as if like they all started moving towards me which you know out there in the woods by yourself you know you don't really think about that i haven't had any major encounters with florida black bears that would cause me to be concerned for my safety um as much as i've worked with them and, and approached them but i was kind of like well you know in most circumstances there's like there's one bear that you have to deal with and i was like well there's four and it sounds like they're coming towards me and so <laughs> you know me being me um, I kept walking towards them and I was like, well, let's see what happens. And so as I kind of started making more noise as I was going through the brush, um, I think they finally heard me and so I could hear them run off in the distance. And so I decided to try and follow them and, and see, you know, well, let's see, you know, if I can see them maybe running through the clearing or something like that. And so I was tracking them and I was like, well, I'm really, really close to these guys, but I don't see them anywhere and I can't hear anything. So that's weird. And so I just happened to look up and in front of me there was this giant uh, tree and I don't know the species but I want to say maybe some type of oak but um, it was this giant tree and I look up and all four of them are looking are in the tree looking down at me and uh, it was pretty it was pretty fascinating um, I, I hadn't expected to see them again and so it was really cool to see all, all her and all three of her cubs again and um, you know like I said all three of them are male and you could definitely tell which one um which one is probably the bully of the, of the group because he was he was pretty chubby and he was it, he looked almost as big as mom in the in the tree and then you kind of had the other two who were a little smaller so you could definitely tell who was getting more of the food um uh, when they were out and about and so uh, it was it was pretty cool um and i didn't of course at the time as in most cases you never have your camera with you and so luckily um law enforcement was was pretty close by and so I had them bring my camera 
And so I, I kind of had them in the tree for a while so I could get a photo and verify that, you know, have proof that all four of them were still alive. And so, you know, I think at some point they kind of got tired of, of uh, waiting on me. And I, I think once they realized how small I was and, and they saw they could take me, they started kind of snapping their jaws <laughs> to, to show that they were getting pretty annoyed. And they kind of started making, uh, you know, making noises with their mouth. And, and so, you know, it, it was cool. And when we finally left the area, you know, we were driving away and I, I kept looking back um, and you could tell, like, the mom, like, she turned around and she was, she was watching as we left the area, as we were driving away. She just kept, kept following us with, with her eyes. And so that was a pretty cool experience. Um, and it was one that I never thought I'd have. So, uh, you know, it was, it was really interesting and it, it kind of just makes you appreciate the work that you get to do a lot more. For tips on living alongside bears in Florida, check the link in the description. Thanks to Don for coming in and to Jason Shaw for providing the music. To learn more about Don's work or about the UF IFAS Department of Wildlife Ecology and Conservation, or to listen to more of Jason Shaw's highly podcastable music, check those links in the description. Thanks!